welcome to Happy Catastrophe, hosted by Katie Lasky, which is me. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. I'm so grateful for you taking the time out of your own day to share it with mine. And I'm so excited that part of my vision for Happy Catastrophe is to create a community and to create a tribe where I'm also learning about you. So I've been very, very impressed with the messages that people have sent to me and what they've shared and the vulnerability that they've opened up with. I've also been very honored to receive the truths and the hardships and the secrets that people have had that they've you know, sent me messages in now after listening to Happy Catastrophe. And I'm really in awe of the beauty that every single time we take a risk, what can what can it turn into? It's something so beautiful. It's something breathtaking, absolutely terrifying. And it's funny, it's actually like breathtaking in a way that it steals your breath away because you're scared shitless and it's breathtakingly beautiful. So happy catastrophe, even though this is only going to be the third episode that airs, has already exceeded so many wishes and hopes and intentions that I've had for it. I I actually just recently was following all these podcasters and someone had asked one of them, when did you finally feel comfortable in your podcast with your voice? When did you find you found your voice? When did you find you felt your, you found your flow? Uh, when did you feel like you actually were making an impact? And they all, the, the shortest amount of episodes aired and, and you know recorded and done was 200. So it was like 200 to 300 and something they said before they felt confident and at ease and in flow. But that's not what I'm looking for right now. I'm not looking for the perfection and the polished and the perfect product to bring to you. I'm looking for the space to rip my chest open, to grab my heart and to do all the work on it that needs to be done to restore it. So it has infinite possibilities for growth, for love, for change, for development, for function. Like we are going to rip open everything. And I've already done a lot of the work. I mean, for years now, I've been on my transformational journey. I've gone through, you know, my life coaching certification program. I've gone through emotional intelligence leaderships um, and certifications. I've gone through leadership programs. I've gone through everything under the sun. I've invested so much time and so much money to create value in my knowledge, to create value to bring to my clients, to create value to bring to the audiences I speak in, to create value for myself. And it doesn't start with facts or knowledge or theory or even practice. It starts with a willingness, a desire to, and a commitment to fully living open, raw, and real. So thank you for joining me again with Happy Catastrophe. So this episode, it's funny, I've begun and I've started and stopped now seven or eight times. And each time I had a really great idea for the podcast theme and I had a really amazing idea and and don't get me wrong, I actually really do think they are valuable and phenomenal topics 
but it just didn't feel real. It didn't feel sincere for me to do that right now. It felt more forced in the sense that I would have a phenomenal podcast episode about really valuable content and give you content and content and content and powerful, impactful stories and tools at the end. And that will come and there's a space for that. And I really do want to address uh, sympathy versus empathy and commitment versus attachment and so many other topics. What I really wanted to talk about was in the making of the podcast, the, the resistance, the fear, the excitement, and what happens when I let the wrong one take the lead. So last week I didn't have Happy Catastrophe air, and I didn't get it up, and I didn't get it edited, and I got it recorded, but then I stopped. And a pattern of my life in the past is self-sabotage. A pattern and a routine and a habit that I have is to sabotage something when it's going good. Now that came a lot from beliefs when I was younger that I didn't like to have good things hurt or crushed or taken away from me. So if I ruined them before, then it wouldn't hurt as bad. So it is It is funny that even after all this work and all this shedding and you know, I, I'm breaking down a million friggin' walls and moats and all the crazy wild beasts to protect me, that stuff will still show up. And it's, it is a really, I loved knowing, I loved seeing that. I am, I guess I am upset with myself for not pushing through it and then editing and getting everything going. I let I let my hesitation, I let my anxiety about the editing process because the week before was extremely hard for me uh, emotionally and mentally because editing was very difficult in the process. And I let those things take control. But now, as I've been trying to, you know, I speak about and to the audiences that I speak with and, and coaching is now there's an awareness. So before I was doing it, before I was in a routine, before I was in a habit, before I was doing something, and my go-to was the anxiety was showing up and the anxiety is so uncomfortable and can also often be viewed as like scary and bad and, and your body goes into this, you know, fight or flight, like I need to protect you. These feelings aren't good. These feelings aren't serving. So let's just stop. Let's just stop doing what we're doing and then those feelings will go away. But there's feelings... All our feelings, no matter what they are, are okay to have and okay to experience and okay to feel. And we just need to make sure that how we're feeling them is in a way that serves us. How we're feeling them is in a productive way. So was that anxiety about the editing? Was the anxiety of not getting it done or needing help or needing to reach out to someone or feeling all those feelings or being stuck. I know I won't be stuck in those same places anymore because I didn't know what I was doing. I learned, so that won't happen again. But that feeling of last week, that feeling of what I went through in the past, I allowed it to become bigger than me. What keeps me going and what drives me is when I know that this podcast, this podcast is everything to me because it's it is me taking my choices, my situations, my realities, my life, my traumas, my pains, and speaking about it. So maybe someone out there will have a shift of thinking, 
will stop and change their behavior. Maybe a parent will understand what their child is going through. Maybe a partner will have more sympathy for someone, or maybe it will save someone's life. That is so powerful. That is so incredible. And because I let this thought of my anxiety attack from the week prior editing, I let it blind me. I made it, I made it so strong that my, my purpose for doing this got muted, got hushed, got bl- I was blinded from it. Never will I, for the rest of this podcast, let myself down, let down my listeners, and let down the people that are out there Googling away, trying to find someone who understands what it's like to be with a chronic illness, someone who understands what it's like to have a ruptured ectopic, someone who knows what it's like to lose a partner to suicide, someone who knows what it's like to have the worst self-worth, self-love, and self-respect that you could imagine. I need to be there for those people. So I am giving myself the commitment, and I am holding myself accountable that I will never let fear or worry or concern stop another episode from coming up. And I won't let it stop me in any other areas as well. So while it's the podcast, while there's so much going on, while there's so much value and stuff, it was, wow, this experience is so fucking awesome. I mean, here I am coming to bring you content and I have stuff all worked out about vulnerability and an episode about validation and sympathy versus empathy. And I have all this stuff and all these ideas and, and kind of just like an outline of, of what I want to make sure I touch upon. And then I go to do an episode and I, and I fall apart. And it was clear to me in that moment that this is what the topic is. This is what the lesson is. It's when life shows up, what are you going to do? When life shows up, are you going to claw on to what you thought was supposed to happen? Are you going to claw on to what your expectation was that you created was how something was supposed to happen? Are you going to claw on to relationships and friendships that aren't serving you and people who aren't honoring you because that that's your sense of security and that's what you wanted? Are you going to claw on to a job that's not valuing you, that's disrespecting you, that's running you ragged, that's taking advantage of you? Because those are things that you think are safe. Because by not getting through that fear, that anxiety, that confrontation, that having to stand up for yourself and actually do an act that is self-love, man, this is where the lessons are. The lessons are in showing up. The lessons are in being okay with being unplanned, unrehearsed. Because this is, this is what matters. This is life-changing. If I had an expectation, or when I have had expectations for relationships, it bombs. If I have an expectation when I say to you, hey, you look really good, and I have an expectation to hear it back from them, I'm not doing that out of a place of love to compliment them, to let them know something. I'm doing something with an expectation to receive back. If I message someone, if I expect someone to reach out to me, if I accept, expect someone to be available for me, I'm focusing on that versus what I actually want to do, which is reach out to that person, share an experience with that person, add value to that person. And all this came up just from me resisting to edit a podcast. And then I had that podcast done and I thought, oh, I won't record one this week because then I already have one and I can edit it. But that podcast was right for that moment. 
and that's past. So sure, it's saved and hopefully I'll be able to use it and that would be awesome. And I even thought about what if I do two a week? If I do two podcasts a week, that would be really pushing myself to creating content, to getting out there. And I found out and, and you know, looking at my life and my reality and stuff that that's probably not something that would add value because right now what's really important to me is having the podcast come out one time a week, being able to respond to all the people that reach out with these beautiful messages of how my authenticity and my transparency has gifted them the opportunity to set themselves free finally. I had no idea how many people kept secrets. I had no idea how many people carried shame. I had no idea how many people thought that there was a right way or a wrong way until I got bombarded with messages, so many that I can't even keep up and so many that I actually feel bad I haven't responded to and I need to go back to. And so many that I cried at the beauty of my disasters and my pain and my losses and my trauma because what I used to have was an expectation of thinking that I deserved an easy, happy life because I'm a good person. And I deserved a flawless lover and an easy relationship because I love so hard that I thought it would be easy to love me back, which is funny because I never did for myself. You know, I, I thought it would be easy for someone else, but I never was able to see that myself. So it's funny, these blind spots we have for ourselves. And I had, I had this expectation that my life would work out a certain way and I would become a mom and I would have all these things and none of them worked out that way. And I've had to surrender to what is and I've had to surrender to my dreams and my hopes and I've had to surrender to life and God and a higher power or whatever you want to believe in. And I had to accept and create a belief and choose it that that expectation of what my life should look like, that expectation of how people should treat me in a relationship, that expectation of what friends should be to me, that expectation of how my career should work out, I need to let go of. I need to let go of any expectations. And what I need to do is accept, honor, receive, and live into the reality that maybe my purpose is to be here for other people, to help them navigate through the shit, through the storms, through the mountains, through the, through the rocks, through the terrain impossible to get through, through the traumas. It sometimes is really difficult to want one thing and to have been so attached to it and feel that you made the right choices to get there and see other people who made very poor choices, very unhealthy choices, and then they get there anyway. But when you are willing to collapse to the floor, as I have, and said, I am completely powerless, not over my future, not over my worth, not over my possibilities, not over my gift, and not over creating passion and purpose, but I am powerless over what is happening. I am powerless over the outside world in, I am powerless over my body. And I'm okay with that. There's a lot of people who 
Don't identify with the powerless over your own body in the same way that someone with chronic illness as I have does. <clears throat> and it still blows my mind that I started a podcast, refused to do the podcast because I was scared of the podcast and scared of editing and scared of anxiety. And now here we are with me rambling on, but in such a way that is serving me and serving my growth and serving what needs to be heard and what needs to get out of me. I want this to be a success. I want to have so many listeners. I want to affect and change and add value to so many people's lives. But there is no blueprint. And the navigation that I find is to trust my heart and soul and to take one step at a time. And sometimes I fall into a pit of hell and sometimes I hit rock bottom and sometimes I live a thousand miles below rock bottom. But sometimes... Sometimes I am so bound and determined and maybe slightly stubborn that I get out of that whole pit and then I climb that friggin' 14er in front of me and climb that mountain and get to the top and hit the peak and say, yeah, take that. Because I am unstoppable. Once I let go of expectations of myself and others in life, once I let go of attachment to what I thought I needed, wanted, deserved, should get, once I let go and completely surrendered, I have, I have no control over what is going on anymore, but I have full control if I'm willing to face the next moment. And then when I get to that moment, the next one. To a lot of people, I've lived a life that has been insanely dark and insanely, insanely painful. And I still choose despite having no control over what's happening to show up for the next minute. And even though with me, what happens is a lot of times I've gone through so many things and I've come back and been so excited to take on another moment and then the trauma hits again or devastation hits again and I still show up because I've shifted what I needed and what I wanted into what can I be for somebody else? There are many times I don't want to show up to the next moment. There are many times that when I go to bed, it would be a relief if I just stayed sleeping. There are so many times in my past that I clawed onto something because I thought that's what was right. Or and especially when I learned all my content and when I learned all the theory and practice of, you know, of life coaching and transformational work and self self-worth and empowerment and emotional intelligence and NLP, when I learned all of that, I could have spewed that at people all day for why I deserve to be treated better or uh, what, you know, wh why they weren't being the perfect person in the relationship and they needed to show up. And I was able to find fault in other people, but all those faults were actually a mirror that I needed to look back at me. Those were things that were coming up and they were a little bit too scary and it was easier to displace it on someone else. Happy catastrophe. <laughs> this episode is probably gonna be the craziest just because it's a massive shift and it's my commitment and my accountability to myself and to all of you that every episode I will show up on. If I need to do an episode where it is a video and a podcast, um, audio podcast just because I'm breaking down and I'm struggling that much, I'm going to do it. If I'm having trouble again next time editing and I want to show 
how, where the block is. I want to show where the holdup is. <clears throat> I'm going to make a video of it. I'm going to share it. I'll Facebook Live it. Because what this is about isn't, isn't providing you guys with a perfect podcast. There's plenty of those out there. If you wanted one, you would have been listening all this time. And this is an experience. And this is transformation as it's happening. This is transformation moment to moment. This is someone who has all the tools, who has everything. It will still show up because life will still show up and still will fall apart because life is still showing up. So I'm glad that I was able to turn last week's lack of episode into something powerful, into a lesson, into an opportunity, into a grow, into growth, and into a choice for how I'm going to show up the rest of the time with Happy Catastrophe. I don't mind if it takes 200 episodes till I feel comfortable and found my voice. But I'm just, I'm just so in awe. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful that we have this ability to take what's happening and to transform it into something that adds value, that creates lessons and content and examples. It's making me actually think about, about like my morning routine. So even though it's going off a little bit, I want to talk about that just because <clears throat> my morning routine is something where forever I was living a certain way. Oh, and I still want to talk about my body and all that stuff. There's so, oh, this is beautiful. I'll listen back and write down all the ideas. And we have so many episodes coming up and I'll be really excited. But right now, my morning routine. So talk about having something that you do out of habit or you do out of routine that doesn't serve you. I used to wake up, I would immediately look at my telephone as if I had a dependency on knowing something that was going on outside of me, outside of myself, because what is easy to process, to handle, to deal with is something that's not you. It's a hell of a lot easier to tell people what they're doing wrong in relationships and what they're doing wrong to you or or what they could do better than it is to look at yourself and say, could I be showing up in a more powerful, impactful way for this world? So first of all, I, I grabbed my phone and I dived into the world that wasn't reality. Second, I immediately was consumed with anxiety. All the things that I should do. Oh, I should get this done. I should do this. Oh, I need to do that. I need to make sure I do this. I should do this. I should do that. I would go to sleep in pain from my diseases and my illnesses wake up and immediately think that I was lazy because <laughs> I would lay in bed longer than normal people do that I know, but I would kind of be adjusting to the pain or, you know, feeling out the pain or kind of getting an idea of where my body was that day or how my stomach felt. So then I was calling myself lazy. So now I'm creating a list of anxieties of things that I should be doing while escaping reality, looking at my telephone and then judging myself, calling myself lazy. That is no way to wake up. My mind was so loud and so busy. You think spending time with me is exhausting and I talk a lot? You have no idea what it is like inside my head. I have learned, luckily, over the years, I think starting back in probably 2012, I started meditation and I do it every day. And what a game changer that was. But I took about like a year and four months of meditation before I even had a silent mo uh, minute. But I, you know, I stayed committed and I stayed to it because no matter what was happening, I was getting something from it. But my, my mind can definitely go very r rapidly and into non-irrational and non-serving mindsets, which now I have the tools how to get out of, but it still can happen if the tools aren't readily available. 
So I would wake up, you know, judging, everything like that. I would try to quiet my mind. And I thought that's what looking at the phone was. But that was avoidance. <laughs> that was very tricky techniques on avoidance. It's just crazy to think that I woke up. I could have set the alarm clock for a half an hour before and taken the time and said, this half an hour is for you to slowly wake up and you're not lazy. And this take this half an hour to honor your body, to stretch, to feel everything, to let your body come to reality. But instead, I chose to sleep later and then be laser focused on everything that I'm not going to get done and why I'm not going to get it done and why I don't have time to get it done. And my chest would start uh, heaving with deep breathing and my mind would be panicked and my thoughts would be racing around. And all of that doesn't add any, any benefit to your illnesses or your pain. I mean, when you're creating stress, when you're creating negative emotion, when you're creating anger or hate or any feeling or anything like that, that's not serving, you are putting more added hell onto your body. So I was creating hell on top of the hell that I already don't have a choice over living with. Now, I could have accomplished everything in the world in that day, and I still would wake up the next day with these same feelings. It was never a slow down enough to acknowledge and honor what I had done. It was just this crazy, full steam ahead pattern and habit. I ended up growing really, really tired all the time. Like, I wanted naps desperately. When I was nannying, it was great, because when the child napped, I got to sleep a little bit. But I grew more tired because of what I was physically and emotionally adding to the situation, that I knew that I, need to make, I needed to make a conscious change to what I was doing. I knew what I was, how I was waking up, how I was living, what I was doing wasn't serving me, right? So it's just like I had this podcast and I was trying to force something tonight by doing a whole different topic and it wasn't serving me. So I listen, I'm very in tune with my body. I, I have a lot of connection and intuition and really listen and respond to that. So I, I thought about what can I do differently? What can I do differently to take back my morning practice, to take back something that seems routine, to take back something that is simple and to make it healthy, powerful, giving, healing. And that was to create a morning practice for me that was simple, that was relaxing, and that had intention for why I was doing what I was doing. Now, to, to create this, I had to be okay with finding things that didn't work. I tried so many different things. I, I want to wake up and sit down and meditate. I want to do, you know, all these great grand things, especially that when I was looking on Facebook so much, I saw that you guys were doing and I was like, yeah. And that would have been out of alignment for me. That would have been lying if I tried to say that I was doing it and that it was helping. That wasn't something that served me at the time. I know that there's healing and value in meditation. And I was doing it actively every day and even was in meditation groups, but that wasn't what I needed for the morning. So what I needed to do was something, for me, I'm a very kinesthetic person. I needed to do something that was hands-on. I needed to do something that was making me take my thoughts and my feelings and my emotions and my actions and putting them down somewhere. So I started by having a pen and paper by my bed. So I'd wake up, super simple. I'd have a pen and paper and I'd write down 10 things that I was grateful for. Nothing was too simple and nothing was too deep. It just was what I was thinking. No judgment, no 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 feelings of being lazy. It was just, just what is, 10 things. The process of this is what reminds me of how this podcast started, which is why this story came up, was 
I just trusted that whatever would come to my mind was there for a reason. And if it was something I needed to either address or get back to or look into, then I would. And I could embrace that. I don't always understand my mind. I don't always understand what's happening. I don't always understand the messages it's sending me. I don't always understand the challenges that I'm presented. But I do trust myself. I, I am really glad that I have that relationship with myself where I trust my intuition and I trust my mind. So I just would fill out these li- this list of 10 items. As I wrote them, just think of them in a loving way. The intention of the exercise was to help myself, was to honor being in the moment, was to honor who I was in that moment, and was to honor a more like peaceful way to wake up. I mean, I, you were waking up. You were getting one of the greatest gifts that so many people didn't get today. So many people did not wake up today. And how many of you woke up, jumped out of bed, complained you had to go to work, complained about something, got in the car, sh- shitting on all the traffic, were mad, got to work, something was crappy, the computer system didn't start up right away, and you have a thousand complaints before noontime. Because I bet you that that one person who's in bed fighting for their life that doesn't make it would happily take those thousand complaints for another hour. I know I would. I know the times that I've almost lost my life and my body. I am very grateful, very, very grateful for my other chances at life. We don't want to wake up and take it for granted because then you're already throwing away the first opportunity of the day, which is gratitude, which is love which is thankfulness, which is opportunity, which is possibilities, which is abundance. Soak it up. So I'd write this list. I would say after each one, thank you for being part of my experience. A lot of times I would do it and then I would think it was stupid that I was doing it and then I would make fun of myself for doing it. So I actually moved myself to a mirror, which sounds crazy and laugh at me all you want, but it's something that I needed to do and held me, held me a lot more focused and, and present and in the moment. So yeah, I can have a podcast, I can have happy catastrophe planned, but if it's not what I need in that moment, it's not going to be serving. This podcast is for me as much as it's for you. So this, this letter, this whole thing I was doing was for, for me and for me to be who I am to myself, to my family, to my friends, to the community, to the world. So for me to look in the mirror held me more accountable. I saw what I was experiencing. I saw what I was feeling. I saw if I was sincere and authentic. I saw if I was avoiding or laughing. I saw if I was mocking. And I made myself look into my own eyes. And I stood there for each thing until I allowed gratitude to take over my incomplete being for each of those Now, when I realized when I was actually getting into this practice, it took me so freaking long to do that and to own it and to actually feel it, even if for a glimpse, even if the, even if starting the glimpse was like, you know, three seconds long, I had to set my alarm clock for an hour when I started this practice earlier because it took me that long to actually become transparent with myself. And I would fight what I was feeling and fight the goodness, because it was easier to have stuff to blame and easier to fall back into something that you know, that though it's comfortable, it's not serving, and it's not comfortable because it's enjoyable, but it's just comfortable because it's known. So it took me a long time, and now, luckily, I I wake up and I do it, and I don't even have to write it down, and I just do it quickly, probably within a few minutes in my bed. After I do that, 
And like when I had the paper, when I did do the paper, I kept the paper with me all day long because with my illnesses and with my struggles and with my anxieties, a lot of times I would have to throughout the day take it out to remind myself what I was experiencing and to snap out of it. So a lot of times I used it for many years as a tool to bring myself back, to bring myself to the present, to bring myself back to love, to bring myself back to gratitude. So I actually kept that letter, which if people were going to try it, if any of you were going to try it, I would suggest doing, is having that list accessible. I can't tell you how many times I <laughs> I brought it out. And so the list in the morning too, let me just kind of dive into what kind of list it was. The list that I do in the morning, the 10 things, they are simple. Like I said, they could be simple or, or big. There's no, there's no right or wrong. But they could be things like, I'm really glad that I woke up. Sometimes I did that for a cheat because I just was like, I don't know what to do and I need to get this going. Now, through, through you know evolving through this process, I'm able to say I'm really grateful for being up sick all night. The alternative would not be good. I can be really thankful for the pain because in that pain, I've been able to make an impact on other people's lives. I've learned to manage pain, which is a skill set that I think is invaluable. And I've been able to teach that. And I have clients that I coach through all of that. I've been able to, in the pain, find euphoric feelings and, and energy in the brief blips of time that I don't have that. I've been able to... Knowing that pain that I don't have it in the other areas of my body and honor those parts. I mean, there's so you, the when it started, it was it was simple things. And I used to like I remember waking up some mornings and the a leaf blower would be outside, and I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me? It's Saturday and it's like six fifty in the morning." And then I would have to step back and just be like, "Okay, I can hear that leaf blower." I couldn't imagine if I didn't have my hearing how I would feel. Truly could not. I listen to music and I love it. And I love the sound of laughter. And I love being able to talk to my friends. And I'm a huge video chatter and not a messenger. I don't like to just send messages. I don't just like words. I like the human contact and connection and sound and voices. So that would devastate me if I didn't have my hearing. So yeah, it woke me up and that's not ideally the time <laughs> that I wanted them to be doing that to their lawn. But what a gift to have the the sense of hearing. You know, so these lists can be anything and it's just about writing them and believing them. If you need to just write down, I'm grateful I have a pen, I'm grateful I have a piece of paper, I'm grateful I woke up. And even if just for a, a brief second, you felt authentically connected to those, That's what, that might be how it starts. With me, it was a, a very, <laughs> very challenging process at the start because I was resisting it. I was trying to, I believed it. I had an expectation. I believed it was supposed to be something different, like this podcast was supposed to be perfect or go a different way or be a different topic. But now in the moment, I'm just going with what's real. After that, after I do my thing, I kind of stretch. I breathe deeply. I allow myself to just really be thankful for waking up and not take it for granted. I try to go from my toes to my head and kind of just wiggle or shift or send energy or send thought to each part of my body, which I don't know how that would be to people who don't have tortured relationships with their, their physical being, their physical body and the struggles and the failures of it and the breakdowns and the traumas. For me, that's something that's really important is identifying and checking in with every part of me because I have in the past struggled with separation of 
mind and body in, in drastic ways. I was so disconnected from my body and my being for so long. I allowed people to treat my body a certain way and my heart was never in it and my mind was never in it, but I wasn't able to bring them together. So for me, this is something that I do. And this is a routine. I used to live in a bad way. I used to live in, a, in an anxiety-driven way. I used to let these thoughts about, hey, the editing was awful and it was crazy and so now just stay in this path. Stay doing this, stay doing this. Stay. This is comfortable. You know this, this is easy. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to cha- make any changes. And then I said, no, I'm going to create something And even if it becomes a routine, it's going to be a routine that I consciously chose, that I have have empowered over, that I am empowered by, and that takes courage to do. So finally, when I think about my list, I try to think about like everything that's possible for that day. You know, like I got today, I have another day, and I let my mind wander, and I have a very childlike mind. So my mind isn't childish. I know a lot of people don't understand the difference, but childish is exactly what it is, is childish. A childlike mind has the maturity, has the intelligence, has the direction, has the desire and the dedication and the devotion to, you know, growth and, and knowledge and can be a leader you know, for, for children or for whoever, but has that sense of wonder, that excitement, that true, authentic pleasure and happiness and has all of that. And I live in that. I live in that so much. When I see something outside, I can get excited. When I'm hiking, I can be grateful and excited. Everything is new because in every moment, It's a moment I didn't have before. So even though I may have experienced that kind of tree before, I haven't in this moment, in this time, with who I am at this time, with the growth I've had since the last time I saw that tree. You know, so it's, I may seem high energy and excitable and and immature to other people, but what I'm actually doing was what people chase forever. And the reason why people love to be around children is to be brought back to that gratitude of being present in an awe of life and the possibilities. So I say like, you know, what's what's going to happen today? Will anything take me by surprise today? Will I will I meet new people? Will I be inspired by new people? Will I fall in love with someone's soul so much that I desire to know more about them? Will I smile at every person? Will they smile back at me? Will it be authentic? Will I be challenged today? Will I be let down today? Will my heart ache today? You know, I have all these thoughts and I think about them and I create, I just create so many things that could happen and it's beautiful. I usually try to get up at that point because if I don't get up, I, I definitely could stay laying in bed longer, um, especially now that I have Obi, my puppy, because he gets in, he, he'll jump up to say hello and if he tries to cuddle and snuggle, I, it's all over because I just, I just want to squeeze him so tight and hug him so long. But I jump up and I just make a, a few moments where I take a deep breath and I just say, this is it. You know, this is it. This is the only moment that I have. This is the only day that I have. All those I want to do, all those when I get to, all of those I wish I was able to, I wish I was brave enough to, all of those things can happen now if we choose for them to happen. This is it. This is, this is, this moment wasn't promised to us, but now we have received it. What are you going to do with it? All of my moments most often are consumed with pain. Pain's part of my reality. 
Pain is something that happens. Suffering about that pain would be a choice. How I choose to live these moments with my pain is a choice. Gratitude for the moment with the pain is a choice. I start my days cultivating positivity. And it has helped me and my mental clarity, my emotional stability, and even physically. I mean, my positive thoughts, my power of intention, everything shows up. A lot of people don't understand why I'm so positive or they'll write to me like, there's no reason that you should be positive or happy with how much shit goes wrong in your life. And I don't disagree with that statement. I don't. I, I agree. But what? how is that going to serve me? How am I going to make an impact on other people? How is that going to help me? And how is that going to limit any of my pain or suffering? It's not. It's only going to add to it. So now that you're choosing life, you're choosing to go on in this horrible, pained way, because you think something is supposed to be a certain way and you're afraid to be uncomfortable, this episode could have gone anywhere. This episode isn't the perfect one that I already recorded about this beautiful story with my dad and validation, but it didn't seem right anymore. What seemed right was when I sat down at the microphone owning up to why I didn't have an episode last week, owning up to that I let certain feelings block me, and I hushed my why, my purpose. I hushed the impact I have. When I speak up, I have the ability to change and save and impact lives. I will never take that lightly again. I can be uncomfortable. I can be scared. I can be anxious. I can be judged. I can be hated. I can be all of that if I know that there is someone on the other side who is grateful for me raising my voice up, using my voice, erasing stigma, stopping the silence, being the example. So that's what I'll do. And, and the only way that I could put it in like a, in this moment that I could think of was my morning routine. Like I lived a certain way and I didn't change it forever because when I thought I changed it, it was by reaching to the phone. Oh, well now I'm not just anxious and avoiding and doing this own thing. I'm looking at my phone. I'm happy. I'm reading what other people are doing. I'm really happy that, you know, I'm really happy that Megan's doing that. Oh, I'm really happy that Carl's doing that. Oh, I, that's still not addressing my own shit. I'm happy and I'm positive and I'm loving because I choose to. I don't have any more or less struggles or different tools that are available to other people or, uh, you know, button to erase pain or, and I don't even take pain medication. I actually choose to, to live with it. What I did was I decided that having choice is a gift and I really do sometimes like getting gifts. So look at how many gifts I'm given. Look at how many times you have a situation where this is the situation, this is reality, this is what's happening. Now you get to choose how you respond to it. I get to choose how I feel every day when I wake up. I get to override my thoughts. I get to override my feelings. I get to override my emotions if they are not serving me in a positive way. Self-care is nurturing. Self-care is love. Self-care is restoration, rejuvenating. And self-care comes when you have a love for yourself that I didn't have forever. I now love myself. I love everything that happens that's amazing. 
And I've learned to love everything that happens, even when I fucking hate it. I love that it happened because it meant that I was here for it to happen. This episode, this day, this moment when you're listening, this is it. This is the only moment that you have, that I have, for sure. Embrace it. Love it. Learn to use your fear. Learn to lose your, your doubt. Learn to use the pain, the hurt, the suffering, the devastation, the excitement, the success, the words of encouragement, the trolls. <laughs> use all of it to propel you forward. Let go of your expectations. Let go of your attachments to how something's supposed to be. Let go of your expectations of how you think people should be. They're not. You know what they are? They are perfect for exactly who they are in this exact moment where they are in life with the tools and the life that they've had up until this point. Love them for it. Love them where they're at. I have my illnesses. I love them for what I've learned from them. I just lost twins and my tube. And I love it because it's brought me an awareness that I wasn't totally living and honoring the belief that I used to preach and I would tell my clients, you can't be happy and expect to receive all these wonderful things and not say, why me when those are happening? If when the bad things happen, you say, why me? You can't pick which ones, why me for the ones you like and don't like. Horrible things are happening around the world. Devastating things are happening to children. People didn't wake up today. Something tragic and traumatizing happened to me. But I will choose gratitude. I will choose love. I will choose choice. And I will commit to making everything I go through have purpose, have passion, and be beauty beyond the pain. Make a masterpiece of the mess and have a message and have a gift and have a tool for someone else to use when they are in a moment of such deep pain and sorrow that they just need someone to reach out a hand to say, I understand. I'm with you. This does suck, but I'm here. I promise you that I will be that for all of you. I invite you to reach out, to send me messages, to let me know what you think, what you're feeling, to follow me on Instagram and Facebook, and to let me know what else you want me to talk about and to hear about, because I am willing to put it all on the table. I love you. I am forever grateful for the opportunity to share these conversations with you and you to share your time with me. Thank you so much. I'm here with you. I love you. And let's all commit and be accountability partners for each other that we will not let anything just because of discomfort or ugliness keep us from living our true potential. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Until then, thank you for tuning in to Happy Catastrophe. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Happy Catastrophe. 
please continue to support the podcast by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. You can also follow us at happycatastrophe.com. And if you want to stay in touch with me, you can find me at katielasky.com or katielovebomb on Instagram. Thank you so much to Andy Erickson for producing and the website design. And thank you so much to her husband, Alex Stein, for producing, audio engineering, and creating the intro and outro song. Thank you, love you, and a happy catastrophe to you all. Peace, till next time.